Good morning. Welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas. With me, like always, Rick and Jill Van Dyven. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Here we go. Middle of summer already. I know. This is crazy. Man, time is flying by. I can't believe it. School's going to be out in another week, and people are going to be headed out to the lake almost permanently for the summer. Right. Yeah, this, the weather's been beautiful this past week, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're supposed to see some sort of mid-20s this week around the province. Maybe some showers-ish, ish, I say, to start the week, like later today, maybe yep. tomorrow, that sort of thing. I don't know. I fertilized the lawn yesterday, so I could do some rain. Yeah, sure. sure. Okay. Well, we definitely need some rain. Yep. Absolutely need some rain. There's still farmers down, even down by Swift Creek area I was talking about yesterday, and um, they said that, yeah, there's spots around there that are just... it's either rain soon or the crops are mm. not going to be great. Yikes. Okay. So not, not everywhere is like that. Yep. Some places have gotten decent amount of rain yep. and they're really doing well, but yep. that's just kind of the story around the province, right? It's never the same everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Even that last rains that came through, it was sort of, you could, I was watching the radar all the time and you could see it's just hit and miss all of a sudden, you know, here's this, the, the radar would go to a red color and all of a sudden in the next 20 minutes, it was like just blue, you know, it's yes. just, it's just, Come together and go away. So it's just uh, so it was hit and miss right across the province. I was uh, last weekend in Moose Jaw for a car show. Went for yep. a drive there. Wow, that area! Like as soon as you kind of leave Chamberlain, sort of head towards Moose Jaw. I mean, it, it wasn't too bad on the highway to Chamberlain, but uh, coming south out of Saskatoon, that Moose Jaw route. Wow, was it evergreen there? Oh, yeah. And it just has. Like I was talking with my uncle there, and he said, "Yeah, it's just been kind of." Rains have just sort of continued. It's rained overnight, yep. been nice and warm and sunny during the day, and, and then and kind of rained overnight again. Re- it's done it over and over and over. Around Regina, they had, because I was there a week and a half ago, right, for grad? Was that last weekend? I can't remember. Week, maybe a week and a half ago. I don't know. It's, <laughs> time goes by so ago. quick. Yeah. But yeah, there was water sitting in the fields, you know, because yes. they had a couple downpours around that area. Yeah. So. Yeah, there was water in the ditches and on the green. way, too. And everything and green. green. Yeah, yeah, even the even the ditches are green, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know crops usually do a bit better, but yeah, it's so... Kind of a mixed bag around the province, which is interesting. Um, what's going on at the garden center? I was in yesterday to pick up some fertilizer. Seems like well, still lots of things happening. Yeah, um, we're still like, peop- it's wedding season, of course. Yeah. So a lot of people are just sort of sprucing up their yards, picking up a few little annuals here and there and replanting some perennials, um, trees and shrubs. Uh, things are starting to come into bloom. We're seeing the spirea in bloom. The peonies are in bloom right now. Um, the hydrangeas are starting to bud out. So we'll see nice white puffs, um, mock oranges. Uh, uh, so beautiful in people's yards right now yeah. in full bloom. Um, so we're seeing all these things in bloom and getting people excited about adding some color into their yard. Um, and then this is the time of year when we have, it's the 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 month of the bug questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, we get our plant desk. We have probably two to three people on every day and they're just there solely to answer yeah. people's questions, make sure they're getting the right fertilizer, make sure they're keeping their plants healthy, identifying disease and pests. Um, that's been really hot, hot topic. Yeah. So and- Damon, Katie, um, Kathy, yeah. um, Carly, they're, they're all there and they are answering questions like crazy so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and now the city's has too and i believe regina did, did as well they also put advisories out for the canker worms about oh, to come out really um so that 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 knows numbers we haven't seen the canker worms even saskatoon for quite a few years yep and mainly tent caterpillars but they said now the i mean regina just went through the the tent caterpillar but they're saying that the canker worms are coming out again that's to watch out for and if you they'll they'll they, when they do come into their peak they'll defoliate trees like crazy 
So and I think the cycle for Saskatoon, I think we're going to hit it in about two years. That's my prediction. Yeah. Remember well, how bad they were? It starts to come and then yeah. they get bad with the, you know, that's the ones that have the webs that hang from the trees. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. yuck. Right? And, they're, and they squish when you step on them too. Yeah, yeah. that's for the tent of, caterpillars. And yeah. then, they, then they, in, the, in the fall, then the, the um, one of them, the, uh, remember now, what is it now? I'm going to get this right. I think it's the female crawls and the male flies. And so that's why I put the people put the band around the big elm trees. Right, 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 right. They, right. they, band, they band it with tanglefoot, and then they catch all these moss crawling up the tree because they can't fly to go lay their eggs for the yeah, next you know, year. It, I remember that as a kid growing up in Saskatoon, yep. seeing those bands, yep. you know, around the trees. Yep. It hasn't been in place for a long time. About time. But so Regina had it not quite a few years ago, but I mean, more recently. But I mean, So one yeah. of the reasons why the city of Saskatoon was doing that, I did a, a news interview with yep. Global on Thursday, is um, they want to make sure that homeowners know that it is the homeowner's responsibility to do the banding, to be doing that integrated pest management, watching for them, spraying the BTK to keep the numbers down. Um, early in the season, the city of Saskatoon does not have a program in place where they're going out and spraying or banding trees. So that is something that if you have an, the elm trees or some, some of these trees and you start seeing them defoliate, um, it is a homeowner's responsibility. Now, keep in mind, if your tree is getting defoliated um, from these from these worms, yep. it is going to take multiple years of these this defoliating for them to actually kill the tree. Right. Um, however, you do want to keep those numbers down. So gotcha. making sure that you're doing the BTK spray early in the spring yeah. or, when they're in the crawling stage. If you do get the canker worm, then in, in by the September long weekend, you put the bands around yes. the trunk. Mm. And September and it, till May, you want to take those off again. Yeah, you'll take them off again in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, it, then they give uh, warnings also for leaf rollers. I mean, leaf rollers will curl up the leaves, but there's not much you can do once you start rolling up the leaves because they uh, once they roll the leaves up, then um, um, they've already gone into cocoon. There's nothing you can spray with. So you have to spray them before if you've had problems with that before. Well, that brings us to our first call. What a perfect segue. Oh, we've got Rosanda on the line, who's in Estevan right now, and wants to talk about tomatoes with leaves that are having problems. Hi, Rosanda. Awesome. Hi, how are you? Good, Very how good. are you? Good, thank you. Okay, let's give you a little bit of history. Uh, two years ago, we planted our garden. We have a pretty big garden. And where we had our tomatoes, or sorry, not our tomatoes, our potatoes, the leaves on a couple of rows went to a really, really tight curl like a fiddlehead fern. Okay. And then um, we moved our garden to the north side last year so that we could take care of all weeds and everything and added some manure. And uh, this year we replanted again in this side. And that same thing is happening even worse, but not to the potatoes. Potatoes are in a completely different area, but to my tomatoes. Okay. We They're will really start. Like are the leaves curling up or are they curling down? They're curling all directions, sideways, up, down, really tight, like a tight fiddlehead before it opens. Okay, so there's two two things that could happen. Are you on an acreage or a farm? I'm a, an acreage, yes. Okay, so there's two things that happens. One is if the if the leaf curls up, almost like a like a sausage, like long. Okay. Okay, yeah, like I know a, they're not long. They're really tight, curled like a cinnamon if, bun. If they're like a cinnamon bun or like a cup, right? Are they, are they no, no, like not a, even like a cup. It's like a cinnamon bun, really, really, really tight. So the only other thing that you could have is yep. you could have a virus in there. Yeah, the that's be. what we thought. Yeah, yeah. and so it, in a case when you have a virus, you wanna you wanna pull those plants out and you wanna destroy them. And you don't wanna plant the tomatoes, and it will also affect the potatoes in the same yeah. place 
in the same place again. And it usually okay. takes a number of years for it to get out of the soil. So sometimes you're looking about three to five years for the virus to disappear before you can plant in that area again. Um, okay. So rotating your crops is really important. Um, the reason okay. why Rick was asking is because a lot of time we see that with chemical drift or yeah. inconsistent watering, but the way that yours are rolling yeah. in rolling. all different directions yeah. and rolling up really small, it makes me seem like that, that you do have a tomato virus in that area. And it could That's just be something that got into the soil and it's yeah. just going to take time to, to get out again. Yeah, and until you get all the debris, so when you take the debris out, you have to take everything out, okay? You can't okay. leave pieces of the debris in there. So okay. a, lot, a lot of times people just roll till it in or whatever, you know, not, not really, you know, careful with that. But uh, then that's where in that debris is where the virus will stay. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So um, if I pull the ones that it's happening to <clears throat> and not the ones that it's not, that probably still won't save the other ones, right? Because it's something in the soil. It's, it's not the plant itself. It's, prob- it's, it's in the soil, but yeah. it also is transmitted by bugs once you have it too. So once okay. it, then you have aphids or whitefly or something like that, and then they can transfer it from plant to plant. So there's a few okay. ways that it can spread. Perfect. That's good news. Uh, or it's not good news, but it's pretty much what mm-hmm. I figured. And I already got a whole new garden started and rebuilt this year. We're moving completely the garden. So yeah. and, and, do, and do some research okay. also. There's some that are a little bit more resistant to those viruses. You know, you can always check okay. that out too. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. And just one more very quick question. I have got a rose that's about very leggy, about four branches, about three feet high. Can I just prune that in half? Uh, probably a third. Okay, I'll do okay. that then. A third would be okay. Perfect. Thank okay. you guys very much. You're Thanks, Rosetta. Yep. Have a great day. Yep. You too. Bye-bye. one 332 8255 We're going to take a quick break. We've got Steve on the line. Steve, we're going to get to back to your call as soon as we get back from the break. We're going to talk about a couple of Japanese lilac trees that are acting a little strange okay. with Steve. So hang on, Steve. We're right back to your call, and we're back to check the text line in a moment, too. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Back to Garden Talk on 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. i got to start with this. Happy birthday to my wife, who is her oh, birthday happy, today. Happy so, birthday. My wonderful wife, thanks very much for putting up with me for this many years. Uh, That's uh, a lot of putting up with. I know it is. Going to many car shows. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. tinkering around in the garage. It drives her crazy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I got a text in for, from Quentin, Quentin in Vansquay. He says, okay, calm down, Jay. Summer has just begun like four days ago. The actual middle of summer is closed. Closer to August 7th, buddy. Don't be a Debbie Downer. <laughs> yeah, no, we I guess need not. to enjoy summer. Summer's just beginning. It goes too fast. I guess, you know, it just feels like, all I meant by that is it feels like the middle of the season already, you know, because we've already kind of gotten the garden going and the plants going, all that stuff. Well, it's but you're right, Quentin. It's, it's, not, yeah. uh, it's not middle we've of summer until August. We've planted, we've hit the peak of our planting, and now we get to enjoy. Yes. I mean, where else in the world can you sit out on your deck, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and it's still light out a little bit, right? Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, the daylight hours are... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, crazy right now. I love it because we're very close to the the longest daylight hours right now. Right? Just went past it. Just past it. I think two right. days ago. Yeah, a couple of days ago. So, anyways, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great it's a great time of year. Let's go back to our calls here. We'll get to the text line in a second. Waiting patiently in Saskatoon is Steve talking about some Japanese lilac trees. Hi, Steve. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Rick. I have two mature Japanese lilac trees that I bought at Dutch Growers about 15-ish years ago. They're over 30 feet high. They're right beside each other. They've always had lots of leaves and blooms. 
This year, the one tree is fine, lots of leaves, blooms, but the one right beside it only leafed out about 20 to 30 percent, and the leaves are still quite small. And, and they're side by side. Yes. That's strange, because a lot of times what will happen is that um, if, if and, it, and that can have, always happen, it always depends on how the, the water the water flows on your on your on your ground, right? You know, from the grass and everything else. Is these in the front yard, backyard? It's in the backyard, okay. and they're about ten, fifteen feet apart, side by side. So, does this, does the slope of the land from coming off the the grass go toward more no, one than the other? Dead, it's dead flat, and uh, we we have irrigation, so they both get the same amount of water. Same amount of water. Because I know that with the lilacs, I know they 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 don't like too much water. They don't like have their feet they like moisture, but they don't like their, having their feet wet. And we've had a lot of plants this in this last year that just had problems because they didn't have chance to shut down in time. And uh, so if they didn't shut down in time, then we had some cell damage on them when when the winter came. And and then also what happened is that when we had that late snow this last spring. That came right. basically at the end of March, and that it brightened up the ground, and then all of a sudden, um, y- you'll see you could see some sun scalding on the bark. Okay, and mm-hmm. so do you see any distortion or anything on on the trunk of the of the tree? Uh, not really. I'd have to go have a closer look, but yeah. say if it was what. Because then, then they just had some cell damage on, on the on the trunk of the tree, and then the tree will have you know th- that cell damage. Takes a long time for it to grow out of that, right? And okay. so um, um, it's just a matter of until a tree grows a little more, and then which takes a long time because obviously it doesn't have as many leaves to be able to to grow as as as, as vigorously. So um, just probe the soil. That's the first thing I would do because lilacs they don't they don't have very many diseases, right? They don't have very right. many insects that bother them. So there, there's not a whole lot of things that 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 really can affect. They're tough. Them. They're tough. Uh, they're more drought resistant, uh, but the only thing they do not like is a, is a ton of moisture. So you know, a lot of times you'll have a swale in there. But you said you're flat, so that you know everything's. That's why I'm just asking all those questions because a lot of times it has to do with, you know, moisture. But I'd probe right. the soil down about 16 inches down. Take a piece of rebar or something like that and probe around the drip line of the tree, and just see just see what's happening down in the soil. But otherwise, it. it it, what's bothering me is that what in my in my answers is that you got two trees that are 15 feet apart, why one and one not the other one? Right. You know, right. and that that's what's confusing me right now is that why did you have one going not the other? But it ha- it must have something. Take a look at the bark. Take a look close close look. Uh, do you, does the one tree have a, a frost crack in it? Does it have a a, a a Y in in the trunk that that could that moisture could be getting into and rotting the inside of the trunk out? You know. Uh, you know, it's, so. it's like a V, you know, where it's, it's cracked and the water's getting in. There's all those kind of things that you kind of have to look at without really seeing pictures. What you could probably do is that um, just send some just send some pictures of the tree, uh, even both trees, and and just um, that I might be able to see something. You know, just send it to info at dutchgrowers dot com, and I'll get to take a look at it. Uh, picture far away, picture close up of the trunk. And I might be able to see something too that that you know that might catch my eye. So info at dutchgrowers dot com. Yep. Yeah, and send a I'll picture. Send a picture close up, and then also far away, so we can see how the tree is growing as well too. Yep. 
But it sounds like it's more environmental than than something like that. It just, just there's something going on with that one tree that, that something's something's happened and i think it probably had something to do with the with the with the with the type of fall we had and the type of spring we had we had all kinds of trees that that uh, people were having problems with the same type of thing as you're saying i have some green ash that are probably almost 40 planted in 1982 83 <laughs> 40 years ago and, and yeah uh, they're they're not leafing but they're starting to leaf now they're starting to leave, but they did up till the week ago. They weren't leafing at all, and right. strangest thing. So it's just yeah. one. It's like I said. It's just the way the fall went and, and the spring went. Uh, but just what you want to do is just probe the soil, keep it moist, and um, only f- you can give it a shot of fertilizer yet. But only in the, only one. Uh, like we're coming up to the end, so you can fertilize once and once more in three weeks' time, and then you're done with your fertilizing. For this year i fertilized it two weeks ago and then i, I just fertilized it again this morning yep. with uh, water soluble i mixed it in a five gallon pail yeah then you're probably done for you're done for the season then okay okay and i want i want the plant to shut down in time as well right okay and then okay, in, well i'll take some pictures and i'll uh i'll email them in to you right on we'll take a look and uh and we, do, we do have uh red mulch on the ground underneath them, which we've had for many yeah. years, I yeah. don't think that should affect it. That shouldn't affect it unless you put, did you put the landscape fabric underneath it? Yes. Yeah, the only thing was sometimes landscape fabric, it can it can sour the soil underneath, right? Oh. With with mulch, I, I like using just plain mulch. I don't like using, but, but your tree's big enough, been there long enough, the roots are beyond that fabric. Yeah, I don't think that's what it is so, at all. I really don't think that that's an Wait. issue. Unless unless you like unless you pile the mulch up unless you pile the mulch up against the trunk, which nope. is okay. So the, then that could rot the the base of the trunk. Hey, send those pictures and let's go from there. Thanks, Rick. Okay. All right. Thanks, Steve. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We've got a minute till our break here, so we're gonna have Brian on next talking about cucumbers. Paul in Saskatoon, a spaghetti squash question, and we're gonna talk about beans with Ella. So we got all kinds of veggie questions coming up, guys. Hang on, we don't have enough time to start a conversation just before we go to our, our commercial break here and our news update. So just hang on tight. We'll get to your calls as soon as we can. Let's get uh, one text answered as least. Uh, Wanda in Saskatoon, I was given a hydrangea plant recently. The flowers have withered almost immediately and shriveled. What are we doing wrong? Uh, moisture. Moisture. They need yeah. lots and lots of water. Okay. And if Especially. she's been given a, a given a, a hydrangea, it's most likely a houseplant hydrangea. So it's in a really small pot. They do that for um, for shipping transport, reason, yeah, transport. Yeah. So transplant it into a bigger pot. I would say it should be in at least a ten inch pot, and uh, make sure that you're you're keeping it evenly moist at that point yeah, in time. Not hot, w- wet and dry. It does not moist. like the hot heat that we have outside. So if you put it in sort of an east location, something that gets morning sun, yep. it will thrive the best there. Perfect. We're gonna go do news update right now for everybody. More texts, more calls, lots to come on Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. So far where we are, looks like a blue sky, sunny day. Nice start to Sunday. Hope you're enjoying it. And thanks for spending it with us this morning. Uh, welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. And we've got calls coming out of our ears already, which is good. So we're going to go through those and over the text line. I promise we'll get there. Uh, waiting the longest. Paul is in Saskatoon. We're going to talk about some spaghetti squash. Hi there, Paul. Thanks for waiting. Good morning, you guys. What a beautiful day. Yeah, no Very kidding. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, 
I, I'll, I'll give you a little information. I've got my spaghetti squash. I've planted them in groups of three, and I have three groups of three, I, I call them pods of spaghetti squash. Okay. Now, I have 10 large ones growing now. Uh, I have nine more little ones, and I'm just wondering, like, all I've been giving them is um, that that miracle um, um, a tea. Yep. That, uh, alfalfa. That tea that, alfalfa tea. Yep. Yeah. Now, is that enough to yep. support this? Should I, should I be, like, uh, I only give them to them once a week. Yeah, no, that should be enough. Now, one of the reasons why you're getting some big ones and you're having some small ones is actually for, due to pollination, not necessarily due to the fact that you have some big ones and small ones. So, oh, I know they're starting. I do the bee thing. Like I've you, been going you be, around and you pollinating be the bee. them myself. Okay, yeah, perfect. I'm the bee. Perfect. And these are, are new ones that are just starting. New flowers come yeah. out. I go and do perfect. it. Perfect. Now there's little ones starting, and I just did it again because I'm exploding with flowers here. Yeah, the only time you're going to want to fertilize more is if you're having to water more. So the more you're watering, is then the, then the more you're going to have to fertilize, um, just because then you're leaching the nutrients out of the soil at that point in time. But otherwise, um, just because you have more fruit on that plant doesn't mean you necessarily need to fertilize more. Yeah, the only time you need a little bit more, especially with alfalfa pellets, is that your nitrogen is not very high, right? And with with spaghetti squash, just like you do with pumpkins and everything else, you got these giant leaves, and as the plants get huge, you know you you might need to, you might need to up it a little bit, you know, just a little bit, just yeah. a little bit, you know, maybe go to twice a week, you know, rather than once a week, mm-hmm. uh, because it's so mild, anyways, it's not going to hurt it. Yeah, sounds like you're going to have spaghetti squash up to your eyeballs, uh, Paul. <laughs> well, I, I give I give it lots away because I know so many people who love this. Stuff. Yeah, yep. yeah, you know. Um, another que- just a quick question on watering. When do I stop watering during the day? Like, well, I know they say to stop watering by 11 o'clock. Is that correct? It depends whether you, it, it, that all depends on whether you've got a drip system or whether you've got overhead, okay? If you're overhead, then you're best to by 11 o'clock, yes, because there's two way, reasons why. Is because I want to water in the morning because I want any of the water that's on the leaves to dry up Evaporate, with it yeah. not sitting on the leaves, uh, especially in the evening and that. Uh, if I do water in the, in the evening, if I have to water in the evening, I do it early in the evening so that the sun can dry out the leaves or the wind or whatever there is around so the water doesn't sit on the leaves. Um, uh, but if you're drip irrigating, then that that part just keeping the soil moist doesn't matter you know what time you do it because you're actually not putting water on the leaves. Yeah, because I base water them anyway. All my plants yep. I water the base, yep. not the leaves. Yep. So so that's not as not as critical. But if the water sits on the leaves in the hot part of the sun, those water droplets can act as magnifying glass and burn holes in your leaves as well. Okay. So for, okay. for for Paul, and it's just anytime you want. Keep yeah, keep you, it nice and moist. As long as you're base watering, you're not getting in the leaves. You're you're good to go. And always oh. never water a wet plant. That's the biggest thing. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much. You're Love welcome. the show, guys. Yeah. Thank thanks. You. Great call, Paul. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're going to keep talking about some uh, garden veggies here because we're going out to talk about some beans with Ella right now, who's in Weyburn. Good morning, Ella. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thanks for the call. Uh, what's What's bothering you today? Okay. Uh, for the last two years, I've been growing those Scarlet Runner pole beans. The first year I planted them, my God, I was giving them away by the grocery bags full. Last year, I had about three beans. They were short, uh, really thick and tough, and that's it. Three? You went from 3,000 to three? 
Exactly. Probably something to do with, uh, like, are you adding any compost or any, any manure or anything else to your garden? Well, I did put a little bit of uh, peat moss and a little manure in there. Okay, manure, that's good. It doesn't need a lot because one thing about peas and, you know, beans and that, they fix their own nitrogen, okay? But okay. You, but if you have depleted everything, then you, you will need to add some nutrients, okay? So, okay. So what you may want to do is, like I said, just... Uh, like we talked about Paul before, is adding even putting some alfalfa pellets in, or even adding some uh, some uh, making alfalfa pellet tea, because now you're adding all those other micronutrients, okay, like calcium, magnesium, boron, you know, all those kind of things, which will which you maybe depleted your garden if if you had such a, a big crop one year and then nothing the next years. Right. Uh, is that you just made it, uh, just to up the the type of all the micronutrients in your garden again? Okay, I uh, did put uh, where I planted them again. I did put uh, some manure in there, and I did put some alfalfa pellets in. Okay, well then that then you've added all those nutrients. So right. that, that, then there should be no reason so, why those, those. So this year we we don't know what's going to happen yet. This year is the problem, right? right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it might be a good year. So you might turn if you did all that, you might be able to turn it around from last year. Let's cross our right fingers to get grocery bags again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now, uh, my beans are all good six, seven feet tall, and they're full of blossoms already. Well, then if that, then you might have you might have fixed the problem. Then so you might be good. Okay, I hope so. And by the way, can I give you a little tip on how to keep your tomatoes and cucumbers from drying out so fast? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Okay, straw. Put straw around the plants. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, up a little ways, you know, growing a few inches tall. Yep. Put lots of straw around, water it in, and they'll stay wet for several days. Yep. And it keeps the weeds down. Yeah, put in, you're exactly right. And, and there's the gardeners talk about that all the time, either straw or putting a mulch around them, anything to, to help keep the moisture in the garden. It, it keeps us, especially if you're not attending to the, be able to attend the garden all day long, right? So that if you go to work and those kind of things, it just helps keep the moisture up, keeps the weeds down. So less maintenance. You're right. right. Uh, I, I was just uh, in Kelowna here and some meetings here in the, this last last week and uh, in the garden centers they're selling lots of bags of just bags of straw and that's all they're using it's called garden straw so. yeah a lot of people for the the, the trend of no-till gardening yeah um, putting the putting the straw around the plants to mulch and then also keep yep. the moisture levels there yeah thanks for the tip I appreciate it in the fall I just work it in mm-hmm. yep, exactly. yeah and it breaks down and kind perfect. of adds to the soil it's perfect yep because right now I've got a cucumber out there that's a good six inches long, a tomato that's almost as big as my fist. Oh. <laughs> right on. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Pro gardener, keep sharing your tips with everyone around you. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you. much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call, Ella. Take care. You as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. one 877 Speaking of uh, cucumbers, that's who we're going to next is in Saskatoon. We're talking with Brian right now who wants to about some, talk about some issues with his cucumber. Hi there, Brian. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. good. Um, I'm planning, thinking uh, the next few days I'm going to be planning a, f- planning a funeral for my cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a lot of large holes in the leaves. Uh, they're almost like disintegrating. I, now I've inspected them carefully. Uh, insects don't seem to be a problem. So I took some pictures, took them down to Dutch, and talked to one of your gals. 
and she figures from underwatering now, I usually water them pretty good, but because we had rain, I haven't been. Yep. So I'm thinking maybe I kind of overestimated the amount of rain we had or underestimated. Yeah. The, um, the amount of rain we get around here, it, it wasn't very much. It only got maybe uh, uh, three quarters to an inch and a half down into the soil. So yes, you, you may have been underwatering. Yeah, a few. So that was about five days ago. Now I watering the heck out of them. They haven't got any worse. They haven't really gotten any better. Do you figure their diagnosis was correct there, or and they'll think they'll bounce back at all? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's hard to know without seeing an actual picture of the leaf. So with them looking at it, they'd probably be able to tell you best. But with seeing holes in the leaves, there's a few things that we can say: is bugs might be eating them, which usually doesn't happen with with cucumbers because yep. their leaves are spiky. Yep. Number two is uh, watering inconsistencies. We can see that. And then the third one is fungal. So usually you'll see funguses, which usually appear as sort of white um, patches um, on your leaves. And then once the white or the fungus disappears, it will actually just leave holes in your leaves yep. as if the leaf is just sort of disappeared underneath there. So if you had yeah, a fungal... white patches on there. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, one more quick question. Uh, they, I bought some fertilizer off you guys, and, and it was the kind you dissolve in water. Yep. And I put it in the watering can. I stirred it for a good couple minutes, applied it, and I looked, and all the sediment was pretty much in the bottom. Now it's not dissolving. Now, if I uh, were to dissolve that, say, in hot water, would that uh, affect the property of the fertilizer, and then add it? No, as long or? as as long as you let it cool down before before you uh, before you pour it on the plant, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. No, that that okay, would work as well. Guys. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for the call. Take care, Brian. Yeah. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're going to ha- get Larry to hang on one second because Larry wants to talk about some strawberries. Perfect. Mm, strawberry, strawberries from the strawberry plants. Oh, so sweet. Like, I know there's strawberries in the store, but man, it's like carrots. Carrots in the store, meh. Carrots in the garden, amazing. Or, Stra- fresh, or fresh potatoes. Yes. Strawberries from grown here in the province on strawberry plants, amazing. Yeah. So we're going to get to Larry's call in a second here. So hang tight. More with the text line after that as well. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. We're rolling up to the end of our first hour of Garden Talk, but don't worry, another hour coming up for you yet. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick, and we've got texts to get to in just a moment. But first, going to Osler right now to talk to Larry, who's been waiting patiently. Hi there, Larry. Hi. I've, I've, the Strawberry King has become the court jester. <laughs> <laughs> I bought at the big box store, bought a couple plants that had lots of runners on them a couple years ago. And last year, I put in about 1,500 plants. Oh, 1,500. Everything is beautiful this spring. They're blooming like there's no tomorrow. He got addicted. Values is they're small strawberries. They're small strawberries. Yeah, there's thousands of... Do you know what variety you put in? Well, hey, when you buy them at a box store, you don't know what you're buying. (laughs) Anyway, here I am. Should I be pruning them to make help them grow bigger? Because there are too many blooms on every plant. Yeah, you can you can pull some of the runners off, you know, just to make sure to get oh, the. Yeah, you know, there's thousands of those. And yep. I'm carrying them off. Yeah. But the variety will be really important as far as 
the size, size the yes. size of the fruit because if you have a if you have yeah, I a, that know. if you have some varieties they might not get any bigger for you they might just be small like, small like, fruit like some heckers and those kind of things they you get you get they just keep producing all year round but they're smaller berries where if you get a Kent or a Tristar, a seascape. Seascape, which is a lot bigger strawberry, right? So it all depends on the variety for the size. But with the, with the crop that you have, the best thing to do is make sure that you have them planted on one foot centers, which sounds like you planted a lot of them. And then when their runners come off, um, you can be replanting the runners too. So yeah, I, I wouldn't want to replant those little runners. <laughs> uh, be, the plants are very bushy. Should I take some of the leaves off? Uh, you don't necessarily need to defoliate the plants no. at all. No, I'd probably keep the leaves on for sure. If, if there's too many, you can thin them out a little bit so some light gets to the sort of to the where the flowers and the fruit is to ripen them. But I mean, a lot of times, especially when you, when you get you know in the summertime, you're going to get like 27 degrees, you know, 30 degrees. It, this you have to have some bunch of leaves there because it, it protects the 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 strawberries, right? Uh, but Go ahead. Oh, yeah, well, thank, thank you for that. Okay. Okay. Thanks for the thanks call. For Take calling. care. Bye bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five fifteen hundred strawberry plants. That's amazing. That, that be, is amazing. I That's can't awesome. wait. You'll have to call us back and let us know how they do. Um, this, we'll we'll take the fall. jam too. Do you make jam with all that or what? <laughs> what, what, you, what? Don't forget, even if they're small, if you get you just have to pick more, but you'll have still a lot of strawberries. Yeah. Oh yeah. With yeah. 1,500 plants. 1, yeah. plants. Now, another little trick with strawberries, too, is um, because the fruit kind of lays on the ground and to get to not rot as much, again, the straw, putting the straw on the ground around the yeah. strawberry plants, that will help prevent mm. the fruit from rotting there you go. as well, too. Yeah. My mother-in-law had a big, fairly good-sized patch, and she had the smaller strawberries, but they just produced so much. She And those she little always, ones, they're she tasty. Was, she was always freezing them, and we had strawberries all winter long, you oh. know, so it's... Amazing. You'll get tons of them, even though they're smaller. Amazing. Let's go to the text line with uh, the few minutes we got left in this uh, segment of the show. one uh, 332 8255 This is from Daniel, who's in Saskatoon. We've got a northern arrow apple tree that's never bloomed or produced for five years. Friends of ours obtained one at the same time. Theirs bloomed immediately and has been producing for them. What do we do wrong? Okay. Number one is that there has to be another apple tree within sight. Okay, could be the mm-hmm. neighbor's yard or whatever, but there has to be another apple tree to cross-pollinate. If there's only one tree and there's no other apple trees around, then you might have a pollination cross a cross-pollinization. You might have bees, but you have to have another apple tree around to cross-pollinate. But he says it's not even blooming. Oh, don't, you have, not, don't you have to have blooms to make yeah, no, apples first? Absolutely, you have to have blooms. So if it's not blooming, then what I suggest you do is this year give it a shot of a, of a 15-30-15. And okay. even do that right about now, and then now just put some phosphorus in the soil, and just make it so that it'll phosphorus usually promotes more blooming, and just give it one shot of a fifteen thirty fifteen, and then um, mix with water, probably about you know three or four gallons of water, pour it around the plant. You only have to do that once because the phosphorus doesn't deplete out of the soil like nitrogen does, mm-hmm. and then that'll be enough maybe to trigger it for next year. Also, if you want. What will sometimes trigger the tree is a little bit of stress. So just make sure that you're just not treating it, you know, you know, water, but especially once you start getting toward fall, mm-hmm, slow mm-hmm. down the watering, if, you know, so that's when it sets the spurs for next year's in the fall. So slow down the watering. And then also, uh, depending how bushy it is, just give it a, this fall, give it a little bit of a pruning. So our next text 
is pretty much got the same question, but about pear trees. Yep. Does all that same stuff apply for a pear tree? Absolutely. So for Doug, who texts us about, you know, four pear trees, eight feet tall, looking healthy, new growth, not getting any blossoms. Yep. Or fruit. Yep. Just the same idea. Same idea. See, he's got four pear trees, though, right? Yeah. So he should be getting cross-pollination. He should be able to get a cross-pollination, unless they're all the same variety. Right. But if they're all the same variety bought at the exact same time, sometimes even when they when nurseries, um, um, when they take their, their wood for doing their budding with and grafting, mm-hmm. is that they, if you get a piece of sign wood and, and you take the buds off the same one, it's actually the same tree. So uh, it's always best if you're buying multiple trees is that take two different varieties of trees right. rather get, than all the same. Then you're guaranteed. Then spe- you're guaranteed some yeah. cross pollinization. Perfect. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. Quick break here. More text coming up. Uh, let's see. We've got one about uh, some leaves turning yellow, some watering things, geraniums. Uh, we want to talk about uh, treating the soil, French lilacs, and a few more after that. Grasshoppers as well. So we'll get back to all that news update right now. More to come. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980. CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back to Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick, and it's hour number two here. Hope you're having a wonderful Sunday. Happy birthday to my wife. She might be listening. I don't know, but it's her birthday today. You can could, you could tell it's a beautiful day. Yep. I mean, people, there's so many kayaks and canoes and everything just floating by on the river. Yep. Blue and, sky, a little bit yep. of a tiny breeze. But it's calm. It's so, calm. Yeah, yeah just calm. A, just barely a breeze here. It's great. Just like yesterday, it was nice and calm. We might see some action uh, later on today. They're talking 60% chance of showers, risk of a thunderstorm this afternoon. Uh, sort of continues into the overnight. That's in Saskatoon. In Regina, it's just 30% tonight, tomorrow, the night after. So it's kind of this Monday and Tuesday for, for most of the province. That's looking like we might could see some hopefully, of those, those pop-up showers. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. After that, then it gets... Sunny and hot, pretty much. And I'm going to the lake that that long weekend next week. So, yes, it'll be great. Get on the boat, go in the water. Yep. I was just mentioning to my dad what a pleasure it is to be able to do this every Sunday (laughs) with you. But uh, you might be seeing more of us this summer. Um, Kids are out of school. Well, school's out. School's School's out this coming up week. That's right. School's out this coming weekend. If you didn't know, Rick lives at the lake. So, I think me and my kids are going to move to the lake for July. So, you'll see us a lot, Dad. Well, Rick just happened to build enough sleeping for like i don't know 25 people at this house so uh yeah well he, he not in count not counting the couches and stuff if so. you build it they will come exactly and my dad has always and my mom have always been the type who um they want to share what they have with everybody so the door is always open, the and, always open. Uh, and the and pool is ready the pool is ready and <laughs> i think we've had the whole ringette team and the hockey teams out there many times so it's it's lots of fun <laughs> Let's go to the text line, one 332 8255 Okay, uh, this is from Kathy. Good morning, Rick Jill. I have a healthy tomato plant this week. The leaves uh, low down on the plant started turning yellow. Two weeks ago, gave them alfalfa green tea, and I've watered them daily. What could be causing that? How about... What type of plant again? Tomato. Tomato, tomato, tomato yeah. plant. Yep. If she's watering them daily, it could be too much water that we're seeing the yellowing of the mm-hmm. leaves. So okay. make sure you're sticking your finger into that soil, and that soil is actually feeling dry. Tomato plants like to go a little bit dry between waterings, um, except for when they have their fruit, uh, they're developing their fruit, then you want to keep the watering a little bit more moist. But yep. while the plant is growing itself, you want to allow the soil to dry out at least two to three inches down um, before you're watering again. So if you're seeing that yellowing, that's the, the chlorotic, that, that just means that the soil 
soils being kept a little bit too wet, um, and that's what you'll until that's until you really know your soil. And people think they know the soil, but unless you probe the soil, mm-hmm. like you know, we were talking the other day that. Uh, you know, the kids bug me that I got pieces of rebar all around the yard. <laughs> we do. <laughs> His favorite tool. <laughs> so, because uh, now I can check the plants, right? And I yep. don't go run and get my piece of rebar. I just have some around the yard in different places, and I can just go and, you know, poke the soil and see what it's moisture like. And the same thing in the garden. I mean, you know, check the soil. You'll learn after a while after you do after you be consistent with your watering. Then, then you'll know what the watering is like. But otherwise, you don't want to, you know, three or four inches down on the ground. You you can't tell by looking. I can't walk into your yard and say whether you watered enough or not mm-hmm. unless I probe the soil and see what that subsoil moisture is like. Gotcha. Um, the other thing, too, is once the plant gets big enough, you'll sometimes see yellowing on the bottom leaves because they're not getting as much light as well. That's natural for them to defoliate that way. And you can, even with your pepper plants, for instance, you can take those bottom leaves off and it just puts more energy into those upper leaves and the fruit, too. So just peel those leaves off. I'm not too worried about it. Um, and then it will give more yep. more room for those those bigger leaves on the top and the fruit. Perfect. Okay. Uh, this is uh, We're going to get to a call in a moment here. Ed's got a text for us. Problems with geraniums in a hanging pot. They were healthy when I bought them, but the leaves are turning yellow and rusty. I've been watering and fertilizing, but that hasn't helped. So that's an interesting one. Maybe different light conditions? Um, if they're turning yellow and rusty, it's usually we'll, we'll see a nutrient deficiency that is doing that. Um, but sometimes you can be over-fertilizing your geraniums too. So I would probably, with that one, you'd have to send a picture in of the leaf because we'd want to see where, if the veins are turning color or if it's just the green on the leaf, what's happening. So info at DutchGrowers.com, send us some pictures and we can have a look at and it. If, if you're using a water-soluble fertilizer like a 15, 30, 15 or 20, 20, 20, one thing you have to remember is that unless unless you're watering every once in a while with no fertilizer at all or you leach the water right through the pot, you build up salts. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you know, they're, they're, they're made of salts, those the, the type of, those not, not natural type of fertilizers, right? And so, uh, so if you build up too much salts from watering too much and not watering, not really leaching the salts through the soil, you can actually get some burning on the plants from the salts too. Okay, perfect. All right. Yeah, send us a picture. We'd be able to better identify the problem with that one. Over to the phone lines right now in Saskatoon. Doug is waiting patiently. Hi there, Doug. Hi. I'm calling up this uh, old tree in the backyard. It's about 25 feet tall. Um, not sure what type of tree it is. It has all these little, like, uh, little, like, I call them little helicopter blades. There's hundreds of them, like, they're like seeds type of thing. Yeah, maples are, or ash, either one. Are they, are they long with sort of a wing, or are they just sort of yeah. round with a seed in the middle? Yeah, they're kind of just long with, uh... Like a little like, wing shape. Yeah, yeah. Yep, probably a, ma- a, a variety of maple. Okay. Um, the thing is, the tree has been doing really well, like, ever since we've lived here. And all of a sudden, this year, it didn't, like, you know, it didn't bud out or anything. It's like the the bark is peeling off of it. It's like about half, it's about 25 feet tall. Yep. And about halfway up, some of the bark's been falling off. And around the trunk area, you can tell the bark's there, but it's hollow underneath. You could probably peel it off if you wanted to. Yep. And I just left it. I don't know if it's, and, but there's, but there's green shoots coming out. The one side of the tree, they're about four feet tall, so I don't know if the tree's actually done for. Should I just get rid of it? or? Yeah, it's, it sounds like your tree's in trouble. In trouble, probably got a sun skull or a winter damage, depending on what, what variety of, of, you know, like it was an autumn blaze or something like that, if it might have got some cell damage. One thing about maples, they don't like to quit growing. 
So one thing I always remember about maples is that you you fertilize in May and June, and that's it for maples. Leave them otherwise. And, and in the fall, you need to slow down. You need them to change color. You need to turn either if it's a Manitoba-type maple, you need them to turn yellow, or if it's an autumn blaze or a red rocket or uh, or an, an amur maple or one of those ones, you need them to turn color. If they don't turn color, You'll get you'll get some cell damage because they'll they'll basically the cells will burst in the wintertime, and then you'll get that where you say the trunk is uh, the bark is separating from the trunk, yeah. and then then the tree will be in trouble the next year. So uh, if your bark is all peeling up, especially it's probably peeling up off mostly on the south side of the tree, that's yeah, probably absolutely. where you're seeing it. And uh, so that means you had some, some sun scalding. So that means there was too much moisture in the bark, and then you had a cold winter. And then you had warm, cold, warm, cold, and then you had uh, the, basically it just destroyed the cells underneath the, underneath the bark. So that tree is going to struggle. It will, it will struggle. So you may want to think about, you know, um, planting another tree, you know, close by if you want to keep that tree there for a bit. Or if there's not much leaves on it, just uh, removing the tree and planting a new one. Yeah, because like we like over the years, it's had a few like dead branches and stuff that we've trimmed off of it and stuff, and yep. you know new shoots have come out, but this year it's just it's yeah. like, you know nothing. Well, with all your peeling bark, that means there's no nutrients getting up to the top of the tree, right? So the tree is not going to be make anything anymore. It's it's not going to be it's not going to it's not going to recover. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Sorry for the bad news, but good luck, Doug. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're gonna to go to the text line right now. We got a little bit of time here. Actually, you know what? I changed my mind. It's it's time for a break. Let's let's stop while we're ahead here. We're gonna talk about potato bugs in a second. Uh, French lilac. What's what's going on with it? Grasshoppers, uh, plum trees, and pollination, and a few other things to come yet. So more to come. Join the conversation by calling or texting one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I'm Jay with Joe and Rick. This is Garden Talk on six fifty CKOM and nine eighty. CJME. Welcome back to Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday and having a great one. Uh, beautiful day, it seems like, around most of the province as well. And uh, we have got some calls to get to and some texts. So here we go. Winnipeg, we're going We're going to Winnipeg right now. Woo. Are we really going to Winnipeg? We got Neil on the line there. Are you in Winnipeg right now, Neil? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. Very good. You on the ro- uh, I you- called you a, a month ago about my Katoni asters. Okay. And uh, I just replaced all of them yesterday because I I guess I was overwatering them. Is that a thing? Yeah, you can. Katoni oh, asters don't need a ton of water other than just getting established. But I mean, okay. they don't need a ton of water. I mean, you can overwater them, and then they'll they'll. But especially what happens is, if you're overwatering, especially over top of the leaves. That's when you have more of an issue with the Cantoni asters. So if your sprinklers are hitting them all the time and everything else, that's when you get, you know, different fungals. But then also that's when you bring the weakness of the plant and also you can get fire blade into them. And then if you get fire blade into them, then there's nothing you can do anymore. Ah, okay. Could I, uh, would, like, leaving, uh, putting some mulch down, like some wood mulch chips or whatever, uh, like keep the ground moist, obviously. And yep. That, that's a good thing, and that's great to yep. do. Absolutely, not a problem. Yeah, it'll keep the weeds down around them and actually keep the moisture so you won't have to water them as much either. Okay, well, I'm going to say this now, and I hope everybody's happy about this, but nobody in Winnipeg will. Go Rough Riders! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Safe travels. Thanks for the call, Neil. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Thank you Bye-bye. Much. 
1-877-332-8255. Awesome. That's great. Uh, over to the text line right yeah, now. Yeah, big, big win last night. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from... Greg in Wawota. Hi guys. Picked uh, I picked potato bugs. Uh, I've I've got got them really bad. Basically, I tried the potato dust three times. Doesn't seem to be working. Yeah. Started picking them off. Probably got two hundred and fifty bugs off of ten plants. Yeah. Any home remedies? Anything I can try? What can I do for next year to treat the soil? So the, the the one I've been hearing the the most about is two things: slice of onion in in the ground when you put the potatoes in, mm-hmm. and the other one is planting even onions in between the potatoes and, in, in potatoes, and also marigolds in her monks. So companion planting. So okay. I suppose right now, could you go get some marigolds? You could go get like you got potato yeah. plants. Yep. You could go get some marigolds from your garden center. Yep. And plant them in between. Yeah. Right. That may help the the situation because they, they don't those those bugs don't like marigolds. Yeah. And also marigolds even add, attract the pollinators, right? To help pollinate other parts of your your garden. Right. Right. So that planting flowers in amongst that actually attracts those pollinators so that you get more better better crops. So for Greg, keep picking them because yeah. that will keep the numbers down. Yeah. Right. Number one. Number two. Go get some marigolds. Sounds like he may need a shop vac to pick. Yeah. Them. You might need to just a vacuum. Uh, get some marigolds. Plant lots of them in between your potatoes. Yep. Next year, a slice of potato in and slice then of, in, in the slice hole. Of onion. Oh, sorry. A slice of onion in yep. the potato yep. hole and then plant some onions in between yep. as well as some marigolds. Yep. And, and then always make sure you're rotating your crop with your potatoes too. That mm. yeah, don't thing. plant potatoes in the same spot every year. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so uh, somebody else just commented they've had exactly the same issue with uh, a French lilac, one planted next to each other. Remember yep. we had that call earlier yep. about a, a, a lilac that was having problems. Somebody else said they had the same issue. Two French yep. lilacs, one next to each other, one having issues, one not. Did they any of them say what what they if they found anything? <laughs> no, not yet. Yep. No, but if you're if you're texting us about that, uh, let us know if you've uh, figured out a solution uh, and yep. and what's what's worked for yeah, you. Yeah, or send your pictures and info at Dutch Cars. It'd be nice to even compare these pictures and see if there's a common thing. If it's is it always the one on the south side that's doing it? it yeah. What what what's causing this? So send your pictures and info at DutchCars.com. This is a mystery we'd like yeah, to solve. Nine, nine times out of ten, it's 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 watering or a soil or whatever. Even if they're close by, you know, that could be the way the water runs off the mm-hmm. lawn and everything else. So that nine times out of ten, that's what it is. But it was a really we're we're getting lots of frost damage from from the winter this year yeah. and sun scalding as well too. So it could just be something environmental as well. All right, let's go back to the calls right now. They're rolling in here. Uh, Terry is in Saskatoon and wants to talk about some fruit trees. Hi there, Terry. Yes. Good morning. Yes, I've got I had a I've got a couple of fruit trees. One's a sour cherry and one's a plum. Last year both of them produced like crazy. This year the leaves have started and then they just curled up and brown and died. So we had it diagnosed as possible tent caterpillars. So we've sprayed now and uh nothing seems to be happening. Maybe there's nothing going to happen this year. I don't know, but I if guess... It was, <clears throat> if it was 10 caterpillars, they'll send out a secondary leaf this year. Okay, they will. Okay. Yes. And the other thing is I've noticed on a couple of the branches, there's these kind of transparent bubbles, and they're hard. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's what I was really going to ask you, is that once you start, now that's I was going to ask you, is there any oozing in that out of the trunk of the tree? Yeah. A if, little... Well, this, these are more on the branches than the trunk? Yeah. Yeah. So... And I've, we sprayed for those. So um, 
would we expect anything this year or probably not? Well, hopefully it'll get, if, if it was, if it was an insect that you will get some, okay? Okay. Now the only thing I'm worried about is that you might've got a virus into them. Okay. Yeah. And that's where you'll get the bleeding, uh, where the sap will ooze out of the trunk of the, of the plant. Okay. If, yeah. it, if it is a virus in there, what this, what the reason why it's oozing is that the tree is trying to, it's trying to push, it oozes because trying to push the virus out. It's trying to, it's a defensive mechanism. Okay. Okay. But what happens is that this virus basically plugs, basically stops the, the movement of the sap up the tree. And if that happens, then of course your tree is not going to leaf out or is, or is going to, or the leaves are going to wither up and dry up if you have leaves. Okay. Yeah. So if that's the case, and it can affect the, both the, the cherry and the plum. Okay. Okay. So if that's the case, if you got the virus in there, then there's nothing you can do. Okay. Okay. It, the tree is like the cherry will come from the base and start again. Yeah. The plum won't. Okay. Because the plum will be grafted. Okay. Okay. But the cherry is on its own root, so it'll come from the base. You can just cut it off. It'll come suck up from the root, and then it'll start again. Okay. Okay. If if it is the virus, then you need to prune it out and and get rid of the, all the branches, everything out of the yard. That was going to be my next question. Okay. Should, so should I, should I get rid of the branches that have the yes, absolutely those bubbles, and then hope for the best? Yes, then? that's what I would okay. do. And should we continue to fertilize those trees? Uh, just fertilize them. Just if there's not very many leaves, there's not much you need to do. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you want, if if it's if it's something that you can you can try, it's called uh, Rage Plus. Okay. And that's what I've done to a few of my trees in the in the yard that are that were struggling because one of one of my I transplanted a, it was a little bigger of a tree and I transplanted it, but uh, that seems been working. It's it's like it's like um, it's like a what do you call that? Uh, Super juice. A super juice for, for it's like a, a, a red bull. It's like a red bull for people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You said rage, it's R-A-G-E? called R-A-G-E. Yeah, okay. Rage Plus. And then you mix with water and it looks like a it looks like a molasses syrupy type of thing. Okay. And it has all kinds of you know micronutrients in it that, that sort of just sort of jumpstart the tree. It works sure. really well. It will help it just soak up more nutrients. It yeah. will help it just uh, if you have get a house, going. If again. you have a house plant that struggles because you maybe went away and it's kind of drooping and everything else, you give it some of this, it just perks it right up. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Terry. Take care. Bye bye. 1 877 332 8255. We've only got one minute until we go to our break. So, Angela and Moose Jaw, Aaron in Park Bag, just hang on, guys. We're going to get to your, your calls in a second here, but we don't have enough time to get you on the air just yet. Uh, D from Weyburn. Uh, grasshoppers. What works in the yard? How do I keep them out of my gar- garden? Will mosquito barrier work if sprayed around the yard of yeah. the garden? Fourth year of the infestation in our area around Weyburn. Yeah. Mosquito barrier, I've heard, works well. Garlic, um, those, those kind of things work really well. Some people make their own little concoction with pep, you know, cayenne peppers and garlic and all that kind of stuff. Spray them around. They, they won't like that. Uh, make sure you keep a perimeter around the yard if you got grass in that. Uh, keep it cut short so that the grasshoppers don't want to come or if it's summer fall, keep a black area around your garden so that they, they don't, you know, they won't, they won't want to come to your area. Okay. Uh, otherwise there's other products. I don't know if you can still get it, but they'd be called Ecoban. It's a meal you put around and the grasshoppers feed on and they just die. Mm. And so, um, there's other product around, but other than that, uh, putting, you know, Basically, if the, if the grass area around it, you can spray pyrethrin on it, and on the grass area around it, and then the, the, once they co- come in contact with that, then they'll die as well. News update for everybody right now, then lots of texts and some more calls. Hang on tight. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.
Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk. I'm Jay. And we got Jill and Rick here, of course, the experts when it comes to all the gardening stuff. I just get to sort of sit along and... Uh, You're becoming an expert, Well, I'm, work, I'm working at it a little bit. Yeah. I got I got a little bit of knowledge. You just... do this for enough years, you become an expert. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go uh, talk to a couple of calls. We wanted to mention, though, we were talking about grasshoppers yeah, grasshoppers getting rid of them. Another little thing that you can do is take a little bit of all-purpose flour, make sure it is a salt-free all-purpose flour, and sprinkle a little bit on the leaves. Um, the other thing you can do is you can mince some garlic and put some uh, cayenne pepper, and you can spray that as well. The grasshoppers don't mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Supposedly the flour is supposed to gum up their... Their insides, insides and it allows them so they can't eat it. And, yep. and flour, by putting like wheat flour on yep. your plants or in your garden around the area, that does nothing to harm the garden at all. No, yep. it doesn't. And remember, you're wanting to sprinkle it onto leaves because right. when they go to bite the leaves yep. is when they're going to eat it. So they're just putting it. it on the ground is not going to no, really not gonna stop them. Okay. That'd be interesting that people call in and tell about their, their home remedies. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, even powdery mildew. People say that just mix, you know, 50% milk and water. Yep. Right? And then that'll help the Spray protein and the milk will take get rid of the powdery mildew. There you go. Okay, we're going to go to our calls. we got people waiting here. So next up, waiting the longest in Moose Jaw is Angela. Hi there, Angela. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question about what kind of tree I can plant out by Buffalo Pound Lake. It's very dry up there, but we're looking for some kind of tree that will grow quickly to create a windbreak. Do you have any suggestions as to what kind of tree we could plant? And it's dry, you said, right? Yeah, it's pretty dry up there. Uh, grow quickly and dry. Um, it's going to be a tough one because um, the dryness is the big one, right? Uh, are you able to water it to get established for the first bunch of years? Yeah, it's just that, you know, where you're only up there on, on weekends for yep. the most part. Yeah, yep. so I don't know if that'd be enough water to water them just on the weekends. Yeah, or one of those tree bags. You get, I would suggest getting a tree bag, but uh, but yeah, definitely. But the problem is that, you know, when it's 30 degrees out for that first year, that so, somehow you have to, um, even if you had a chance just to hook up a little timer, you can hook up a little water timer even on the outside top of your house that could that could water a plant, you know, every every second day or whatever you know what i mean while you're not there if you have a, a water system hooked up to your cabin and right, so you yeah. could you could always do something like that just to just get it established but otherwise uh to get a tree to grow there that grows quickly uh probably a linden would grow probably fastest for you or otherwise even one tree that would grow quick is uh and and could could take that that drought to bed it would be a hot wings maple or an amur maple Okay. okay, what was that person that you said? A maple or a linden? Or a linden. And the one linden I'd put in is called a true north linden. It's a little bit tougher, and uh, it's one that would probably do a little better in your area. Great, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks, Angela. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. Right now, out to Park Bag to talk to Aaron about uh, some popular suckers. Hi there, Aaron. Hey, Rick. Jill, um, so I've got a, a pretty long tree row with multiple suckers. Uh, some of them are getting to be fairly big, like two feet up to as big as five feet tall. Yep. And I was wondering about transplanting them to kind of fill in the dead spots yep. where I've lost trees. Yes. And like, when is the time to do it and how should a guy go about doing it? Spring is absolutely the best time. Fall, they don't transplant that well especially suckers, okay? 
Um, and actually, what the best way to do it is if, if it's almost like a two-year cycle. So what you do is you basically you cut the you, one you, one spring you'll go through and cut the root, okay? And then uh-huh. what well, you can cut the root, and then that would make that one you know survive on its own rather than be a touch with, attached with the umbilical cord to the main mother plant, okay? And then, then it'll, 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 because a lot of times they just have a stick, and then the sucker comes up from that stick. And once you trim it out, you only have a piece of stick left. That's all you have. So if you're going to do it that way, then I suggest you do it in April, okay? Uh-huh. And you, in April means as soon as the frost is out of the ground. As, okay. qu- as quick as you can do it is you can dig into the ground, and you move it then. And, and take, take as much root as you can, okay? And then you transplant it, and then you keep it moist, Okay. Right. And then they'll do they'll do fine. Um, okay. uh, but if you move it in the summertime, or the I, they they won't do well at all. If you move them now, uh, they'll just wither and die. Uh, if you move them in the fall, sometimes they just don't get established well, and I I just have do, not great luck with transplanting suckers in the fall. So the best time is honestly is as soon in April as you can. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Still, one more time for one more call here uh, in Saskatoon. Frank's joining us with a succulent question. Hi, Frank. Hello. Hi Hello. there. How you doing? Yes, I have a, a question for Jill. Yes. After eighty years of of uh, gardening, I need some advice to keep me going. My daughter was a good uh, customer of yours. Gave me four succulents for Father's Day. Now I know beans about them. I I uh, I know Christmas cactus, but uh, I see them growing in the dish. That's what I figured I'm going to do. So I didn't buy a dish. I cut the bottom of, four inches off the bottom of a uh, five-gallon pail. Now I painted that up with, with uh, desert scene on it. It looked fancy. Anyway, do I need a drain hole in the bottom of that? Absolutely. Succulents allow want lots of drainage, and the what? big. The succulents, they want lots of drainage, so make sure you do put a drain hole. If you don't have a drain hole, you want to watch your watering, and you yeah. want to put about three to four inches of uh, of rock in the bottom if you don't now, have... what about soil? The soil I would use, I would add some sand to that soil and some perlite to that soil. So take your soil and maybe about a third, a third, a third so of sand and perlite. And perlite right. is the white, white flecks that you can put in the soil. Yeah, or, you, or you buy a cactus mix. You can buy a cactus mix as well, too. Yeah, I think that's what I'll do. Now, yes. the biggest thing with those guys is just like your Christmas cactus, they, they don't need much water. Um, yes. so I realize that. That's the same thing, but even less with the, with the succulents. So if you feel the, the tip of your nose and you just sort of press it in or you feel your earlobes and feel how soft they are, that's what the leaves will feel like when it's needing water. So okay. wait till then and the leaves will talk to you. Yeah. Here's a tip too. Okay. Don't put too much bone meal in your tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I was in a hurry because I wanted to get my tomatoes in before I put three rows of beans in. Yep. So I'm, uh, at my age, I, I go pretty slow. So I throw in uh, bone meal in my tomatoes. I put too much in there. They're kind of yellowish looking now. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah always bad. everything in moderation, right? Every, always, always, always. Yeah. Yep. Well, thanks okay, for the call, Frank. Thank Take you. care. Take Bye-bye. care, Bye-bye. Frank.
one 877 The text line right now. Let's go over there. This uh, is a simple question. For my plum tree to produce, do I need another plum tree or for pollination or just other fruit trees? Another plum tree. Another plum tree. And one that blooms at the same time. You could be careful. Plum trees, there's some that bloom early and some that bloom late. Right. Okay, so if you know the name of it, make sure that you take that to the garden center with you so that you're buying one that is compatible. If you don't know the name of it, just watch when it's blooming so that yeah. we can figure out if it's an early bloomer or a late yeah. bloomer. Like a lot of the gold, gold, a lot of the yellow plums are early blooming. A lot of the red plums are later blooming. Ah, okay. okay. All right. Hazel's in Saskatoon. Hi there. A neighbor, neighbor's lilac is quite large, hanging well over my side of the fence. I'd like to trim it back to the fence line, but I'm wonder, worried that I will lose foliage. Uh, it's providing a nice amount of privacy. Will the foliage come back if I trim it fairly heavily? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It will, it'll, it'll, it'll be back before it, you know it. It'll fill out. You won't get flowers if you trim it back heavily that next year. Right. These take two or three years to get that's the flowers just, back. We're just talking about like, but, the side that's yes. over her the fence. You know? Fertilize. Yeah. Fertilize after the next year after you trim it. Well, uh, it's the neighbor's, you're, you're the neighbor's gonna, tree, though. But you're, you're fertilizing, fertilizing at the drip lines. So. Yeah, drip line. okay. Yep. Yeah, okay. Right. Perfect. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, this is Darlene. Good morning. I've got a problem with one peony this year. The plant itself is 15 to 20 years old. Always bloomed profusely. Looks very healthy, very green. No signs of disease or insects. But this year only had one bloom, one bud. And it's yep. just not it's just sitting there, not opening up. Is there a problem with the plant? If, it, if it's really old, it might be even be time to divide that peony up a little bit too. So um, in the early spring, you can... Uh, Sort of take a take a piece off the side of it, and that will sometimes splitting the root system on or, those will help you, rejuvenate you it. Whole, you can dig the whole thing up and split it into four. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. okay, and yep. split it up that way. Um, you want to do that early in the spring because if it started to set its buds already, then you won't get buds that blooms that yep. year. So you want to make sure you do that really early. Awesome. Okay. We're going to get to a call uh, when we get back. We've got uh, kind of a long list here, a few more texts as well. So stick around. Last segment, the uh, lightning round is coming up here shortly too. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. It is the lightning round here on Garden Talk. I'm Jay. We're going to go with uh, some text in a moment. we got a call to get to here first, though. Out to Prince Howard to talk to Joe about uh, some grass seeding. Hi there, Joe. Good morning. Good morning. I'm, I'm helping a fellow uh, reestablish his lawn. Yep. Um, it was an old sod, about three to four years old, kind of got away, lots of weeds. So yesterday we scarified the grass, got it down, uh, going to seed it today. Yep. Um, I, I know we need to use a Canadian blend of seed. Yep. Um, how soon afterwards can we apply fertilizer? Uh, as long as you use a, a, a like a like a, a, a starter fertilizer, like a, a, a you don't want to use a thirty a thirty. Most of them are like thirty or thirty two, you know, type fertilizer. It's a little too yeah. hot for the new seedlings. So you have to use something like even a groundskeeper fertilizer, which is only a 16 or something like that, or uh, some of your uh, starter fertilizers are like a like a 10, you know, 15 type of thing, you know, like they're 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 higher on the second number. Uh, I'm a I'm a a big user of groundskeeper. Is that okay to use on newly seeded lawn? Yep, perfect. I use that on all my grass. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Glad you guys have a good weekend. You too. Thanks, Joe. Take care. 1-877-332-8255. 1-877-332-8255. Next text is from uh, somebody, I don't know who, sorry, but my rosebuds are attacked by the red-black borer. Yep. 
Holes in the buds and no blooming. What can I spray or sprinkle to help out my roses? That's a tough one because we used to use have rose dust for them, and that's all gone now. And they, they fly and they take off, so it's hard to hit them with, a, you know, like bug X out or any of that because you don't know when to hit them. And that's the problem. So I'd probably try that, you know, where you did that, we talked about for grasshoppers, Jill, you know, mm-hmm. putting the, the, the all-purpose flower with no salt and sprinkle, dust some of that on there because that, that might get them. Uh, uh, that, that's probably the best thing to do because, like I said, there's, honestly, there's um, pyrethrin is probably the best one to use because it has some residual to it. Mm-hmm. So if the bug lands on them, you know, especially if you spray them because they'll, they'll come in the early morning, right, or, or in, in the later afternoon. And if, so you can spray them so there's some residual on them. So when the bug lands on them, then it, it, it basically affects their nervous system and it dies. So I try the, I try the, the all-purpose flower. And uh, sprinkle some of that on. So, what your best thing to do is just, just to give give a light wetting of the of the plant, so that the flower will actually stick to the plant a little mm-hmm. bit. Yep. And then just dust some. You don't put a lot; just a light dusting. That's all you need. Try that. You could take them off. Coat. It's, it's a tough one because there's no there's no um, like I said there's no um, that thing on the market on the market. Yeah. That's... Otherwise, put praying mantis out. They they go after all those type of bugs. Yeah, we just hatched some at the store and we did a, a good post on that on our social yep. media. They're cool bugs. Yep. They're really neat. They're a little they'll eat creepy. everything. They're a little bit creepy though. They're a bit creepy, but yeah. they'll eat everything. Um, okay, this is from Dale in Laird. It says this year, like everybody else, I've been overwhelmed with big ant hills. Yep. While I was waiting for a trip to the city to come into the city uh, for something to kill them i doused the hills three times with very cold water thank be to god they moved on or died very few are left yep so that's a good thing they don't like wet they, they like it wet. dry my right? my lawn is starting to get ants in it too so i'm going to be doing the nematodes this right week. so there's the other option too if you want to buy something it yep. goes along with wetting because you have to get the soil nice and wet for it to work but there's the ant nematode and the then, ant be gone i yep. think it's and called, then once right? you've got the answer to control just top dress you with grass seed yep get your lawn thick again and the ants won't, won't move back in they only will be in a weakened lawn that's where they love this is from a uh from barry it looks like and he says radishes are going to seed before they grow what's going on yeah so um there, it all depends most of the time that they go to seed is that it's, it's inconsistency of watering and uh, that's probably the biggest one just like your tomatoes and everything else it, it's it's a it's a it's a thing for the whole vegetable garden so too too wet too dry too wet too dry will cause the stress of them cause them to go to seed uh, that's probably the number one reason why that that'll happen. Heat is why they'll, they'll mostly what yep. they call bolt is from the heat. Bolt. There's not much that you could do. You can plant them in an area that has a little bit more shade yep. and that will help. But, uh, but they, some years we get more bolting than other years yep. with yep. ours. You can cut those uh, flower blooms off um, and that will just sort of, they are an annual. So the purpose of an annual is to produce seed, seed. and then die. So if you cut the seed off, it'll be like, oh, I've got to do it again. And you'll just sort of prolong mm-hmm. the life a little mm-hmm. bit longer mm-hmm. too. Okay. Yep. And we got one more text here. Uh, Dave in Regina says, I really can't find 301010 fertilizer anywhere. What are the numbers I can use for shrubs? Would 202020 work? 2020 will work. Absolutely. It'll work. There's other ones called 20, uh, with 20, 28, you know, um, 28, 14, three or something like that. There's, There's a 28, 20 you could use just to the 301010. It's going to push more new growth yeah. on your plants. So it's, it's really good for your shrubs. So anything such. close to that is fine. And, mm-hmm. and maybe Dave, you know, it depends where you're looking. You maybe some of the big box stores aren't carrying it, but it should be in a garden center in Regina, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because plant prod and the ones that you see in the company plant prod is, yep. is discontinued 301010, but there's some other companies that picked it up. Okay. So that, that's where you can get you it. You still as, get it. Okay. Get it, yep. All right. Perfect. 
Well, uh, we're getting towards the end of the show here. What, what should we be doing this week with our, our gardens, our our plants, our flowers? I think the biggest thing is we just want to watch our watering, consistent watering, and make sure you're feeding your plants. Just like we get hungry, our plants do do fertilizer, fertilizer, fertilizer. And in your garden, it's pollination time when your vegetables are starting to set. So make sure your plants are getting pollinated. If not, be the bee. Go yep. out there and be the bee. And I was going to say, you know, I think people are a little bit scared of fertilizer, right? They're like, oh, well, I'll just, just once a month. No. Mm-hmm. no especially you're containers. watering all the time in containers. Containers, like, containers no. annuals, perennials, all those things we, once a week. And if you have heavy, heavy hybrids, like even petunias, I can fertilize up to twice a week. And that's how you'll have beautiful ones. You can also go lighter strength. And just keep fertilizing, right? Yeah, do like a low we strength use, we every use time the drops, you fertilize. You know, those are the yep. Schultz's drops. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just a few drops. And I, honestly, my wife fertilizes every time we water. And that's yep. a good point with the Schultz drops. Make sure you're fertilizing your house plants right now, too. A lot of us go outside and we yep. forget about our house plants. Now is the time they're actively growing. So make sure you're fertilizing but your house plants. Once a week, though, just straight water leach the salts out. Okay. Mm, that's important. Perfect. Once perfect. a week. Yeah. Okay. That pretty much does it for today. Wow. Uh, it is July long weekend next weekend. Hope you have a blast of a time. Of course, we'll be back with another show then for a couple of hours. And otherwise, yeah. Have a happy great, gardening. Happy gardening. Yeah. Enjoy your day. Yes. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyke. This has been Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.